Welcome to another edition of Inside the Economy. I'm Larry House. Thanks for joining me. Well, taking a quick look at the numbers, the ISM, the Institute of Supply Side Management, came out with another higher number for U.S. manufacturing. U.S. manufacturing as a group is doing very well, despite some rumors that GM is going to try and shrink. Frankly, they need to shrink. They're not just closing a plant in Canada, they're closing five in North America and one just north of the border. They need to. People don't buy sedans anymore. This also has nothing to do with what's going on in China. I think manufacturing in the United States is simply going through a renaissance, like I've mentioned before, bringing more stuff home with their new productivity. Don't worry about the tariffs. Don't let that be a diversion. Unemployment numbers, initial claims numbers, have probably bottomed out in this cycle. They are starting to go back up again. We're not going to see these low 200,000 numbers. They are going to creep up. Unemployment will probably stay around 3.7, maybe 3.6 for a while for the statistics to clear up. But we're at cycle lows. There's a lot of people that are going to do layoffs. It's not just Sears and General Motors. There's a bunch of people that are going to fix some processes in the manufacturing sector. So just anticipate it. The economy is slowing. The Federal Reserve wants it to slow. We've talked about this a lot. The other thing is oil. Oil broke through 50 bucks a barrel a little while ago and had a quote, according to Bloomberg, surge today and it went up to 51. Now, that isn't very dramatic, but it gives you an idea how, one, what the supply for oil is, and two, it is really in the process of going through its own renaissance. Now, U.S. consumer, doing a fine job. They aren't spending too much. They're adding a little credit to their balance sheets. But these are e-commerce numbers. The United States is the largest buy things online, as there is, as you might imagine. It's about $2,000 per person. And the people that buy a lot of stuff online in the U.S. is about 250 million of them. Well, you do a little math there and you'll find out that that's about $500 billion. Mm, that's 13% of consumer spending. We've gone from 12% about a year ago to 13, and I think that's great. But you have to remember for true consumer numbers, it's the grocery store, the gas station, places like that that really put in the volume. E-commerce is a convenience. Uh, it's not going to take over consumer spending. Now, construction, residential and commercial, has slowed. It's supposed to slow. They are building less. They are building fewer of them. They're rapidly approaching the point where they have enough multifamily units, the big apartment buildings, and some of the commercial stuff is starting to slow. That was the design. It's also showing up in unemployment in several of these states. Now, the darker the red here, West Virginia and Louisiana, they have unemployment in the nines. The other slightly red, almost pink numbers, California, Nevada, Wyoming, Washington, they're in the sixes. There are more people slowly becoming unemployed as construction slows and other services slow, you just notice that it's places like Iowa and Idaho that have very stable farming communities, not so much manufacturing, strictly services, and they're doing just great. 
The Federal Reserve is now starting to publish what they call a financial stability report. It is uh, 80 pages long, kind of, kind of tiresome, but it's really chock full of all kinds of data that used to be a much harder item to find. What we have here is finally that the Federal Reserve says that the total value of the equity markets in the U.S., and most of that is the S&P 500, is now $33 trillion. It wasn't very long ago when I tell you that the bond market, the treasury market, the corporate market, and the munis are much bigger than the equity market was. That is not the case. There's so much money in the equity markets, again, mostly the S&P 500, it has become a huge number. This isn't worrisome. I'm sure that when there's some boring times in the market, you'll hear about, oh, maybe there isn't the liquidity to cover all of those if everybody wanted to sell out at once. It'll go on and on, but it is a huge number. The rest of these assets, residential real estate, 30 trillion, commercial real estate, 21 trillion, treasuries, 14. The rest of those are pretty traditional. It's interesting to note that in 2018, there's only a few assets that have turned in a positive return. The dollar being the biggest, leverage bank loans, treasury bills, everything else, emerging markets, sovereign debt, mid caps, small caps, everything else is in negative numbers. Oil is in negative numbers. So that doesn't mean that things are going bad in corporate America, they're not. As we can see, corporate profits are doing very well. They continue to do very well, as they have in the last decade. What has turned are the profits generated by U.S. companies in international markets, in foreign markets. That has turned, not because of trade disputes, it's because the dollar has gotten so much stronger. Like I mentioned, the dollar made positive returns in 2018, very likely to do the same before it peaks, probably in 2019. That is the reason that these profits have turned. Because coming out of a local currency like the euro or the yen or the yuan or the rupee or anything back into the dollar, it takes more of those local dollars to come into the U.S. dollar to equate. And the stronger your currency is, that harder that is to do. Here's what the Federal Reserve has done so far in 2018. I don't want to spend a lot of time on the yield curve. It's a boring subject. But the red down here at the bottom is where we were in January. And the blue and the various shades of blue are a couple of points in November. The yield curve has shifted up. All rates are up because the Federal Reserve is raising the Fed funds rate. The yield curve hasn't inverted. The yield curve isn't getting steeper. We could go on and on about that. This makes the Federal Reserve happy. It makes Chairman Powell happy. This is what they wanted. And here is the yield, which is where the bond market is going, and I'll explain that in just a second. High-quality corporates, AAAs and AA corporate bonds, are extremely hard to find. Nobody sells them. This is Bloomberg's shot of the day when a few came on the market and sold right away. They're yielding almost four and a half. By the time the Fed is done, let's say they take Fed funds from where it is today, two and a half, and they take it to three, that's two more rate increases. If they do that, we might see good quality corporates, 
at four and a half, four point six. That puts high yield junk bonds seven and a half, seven point four, something like that. Treasuries in the threes and twos. That's where the bond market is going. And while I talk about, gee, we're going to have a bond rally when the Federal Reserve is done, well, we're talking 20, 25 basis points, a quarter of a percent, maybe 50 basis points, half a percent. Rally in the value of these bonds. There's so little margin in the scale anymore that we aren't going to see huge numbers, just probably enough to replace what they've lost in 2018. That's just the way the bond market's going to be going forward. Plan on it. The other thing that's happening is people have rediscovered their money markets. You can get two, 2.1, two and a quarter. And by the time the Fed is done, we'll probably see high quality money markets, two and a half. It's amazing how many people think that's great. And it is great in this economy. That's kind of what the Fed wanted. Now they're approaching going back to like $3 trillion in money markets, that isn't half what it was 2007, 2008, but it's slow recovery. Now, here's where the market for treasuries is going. The red in this case is foreign purchases of treasuries. It's on the way down. It's on the way down for the primary reason, again, that the dollar's getting strong and it takes more of their currency to buy the same amount of the treasuries. So they look elsewhere. But U.S. households, individuals, non-governmental entities, buying more all the time. And the Federal Reserve isn't buying any more themselves. They're actually rolling off a lot of what they do have. I want to talk about oil for a minute. There are three big producers of oil in the world, United States, Russia, and Saudi Arabia. They produce about 40 million barrels a day, which is about what the rest of OPEC produces, including Russia and Saudi Arabia. There's some problems going on in the great cartel, which a lot of us have spent our entire professional career dealing with OPEC. Uh, the rest of the members, here they are. Qatar, down here towards the bottom, has just announced they're leaving the cartel January 1. They want to go off on their own. They think they can do better. Very soon, that won't be the only one. Russia doesn't need to be a member of OPEC. Saudi Arabia doesn't need to be a member. And if the rest of them really don't feel that they can start getting back into the business of controlling the price of oil globally, and they've frankly done a miserable job, it'll bust apart. That's okay. They'll just go their separate ways. Now, the purpose of this was to discuss something very important in the U.S. economy, and that's inflation. So here was a study done that is kind of revealing. This is 20 years worth of cumulative inflation. And only people like me look at cumulative inflation. You look at the United States and our cumulative inflation in the last 20 years, which is what this inverted triangle is, 46, 47%. That's a little thin. That should be in the mid 50% range. That's enough inflation to keep an economy going along at a good pace. Now, remember, we had a few years with zero inflation, so it pulls these numbers down. OECD, which is 
a lot of emerging markets and a little bit of Asia, they're up in the 50s. Uh, the UK, 41. Canada, less down the list. You look at the very bottom, you notice there's Japan, 2.4% in the last 20 years. Well, that's the nature of the Japanese economy. The International Monetary Fund actually tracks what's going on in the Japanese economy. And the fundamentals there are how many people die and are not replaced every year. Right now, it's running about 1.1 million a year, and that number is accelerating. That economy is slowly dissolving away. It'll be the first time in modern history that we see it, as unpleasant as it might seem. They are slowly disappearing. They have no inflation. Anything that goes on in that economy is simply a good quality preservation because it is dissolving. Okay, now with that, this report's wrapping up. I think the Federal Reserve is going to raise here December 19th. They probably should. After that, their goal, if Fed funds are at two and a half today, they are. December 19th, two and three quarter. They're due one more for sure. It's debatable whether they go from 3% or three and a quarter before they stop and their next move will be either leave it alone or go down. That's when we'll see some of these rallies. The stock market likes to rally. The bond market, well, we'll have rallies 20 basis points at a time. I'll keep you appraised of that. But so far, the economy is still in great shape. Manufacturing is getting better. And what the Federal Reserve is doing is, is delightful. So thank you for joining me. And uh, you have any questions at all, I'm happy to address them. Thanks again.